Hi, and welcome to Bald Tires Powered by Shield Coatings. This is part two of Driving Through the Decades, where I get the special opportunity to interview my grandfather. And he's got a lot of stories to tell us. He's been driving for many, many years. Uh, we're going to pick up where we left off from the last show. So if you're just listening now, make sure you listen to part one of this podcast. We're going to start in the 60s, the more recent history, if you can call it that, and pick up where his family moved to Europe while he was in the Air Force and all the cool cars he saw there leading up to the stuff he's got today. You're listening to Bald Tires, because when you make great memories, you make bald tires. You scrimped and saved, checked the couch cushions and filled the swear jar. And finally, it's in your garage. After all those years, that car you've been dreaming of has arrived. Protect your hard work and investment with a visit to Shield Coatings. They can make sure your baby always looks as good as it does right now. Don't let road salt wreck your ride. Shield Coating specializes in undercoating and rust proofing for vehicles of all shapes and sizes. Using environmentally friendly wool wax, Shield Coatings can prevent rust from ever taking hold of your daily driver or the project car you spent countless hours working on. Looking to make sure that classic stays classy looking? See Chad at Shield Coatings for more details. Shield Coatings also features sound deadening undercoating to make your ride ultra quiet and paint correction and ceramic paint protection for the ultimate shine. Find Shield Coatings on Instagram, Facebook and on Faithful Avenue in Saskatoon. Shield Coatings, anything to make your vehicle look better and last longer. If we think about, about the time you were leaving, my mom had been born in Calgary in 1962 okay. and you guys left for, you were then stationed to what, what place in Germany? To uh, Ramstein. Ramstein, Ramstein in Germany, Germany. in about 19, what, 63? 63. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you packed up the whole place, all three kids, yeah. sold the Buick. Yeah. And went, uh, flew over to Germany. Right. Now, did you yeah. have to take a train to Toronto first or something? Yeah, we took the train from Saskatoon to, from Calgary to Saskatoon and Saskatoon to, to Trenton. Trenton, Ontario. Ontario. And yeah. that's right. Now, you didn't take a commercial flight. You guys flew on, on Air Force Airlines. That's right. Right? Yeah. 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 They had their own passenger planes at that uh, time. That's, that's correct, yeah, yeah. And probably no crappy crackers to have for as a, as a meal, hey? They probably fed you pretty oh, good. Oh, we were fed like the best, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The golden age of, of air transport. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. now, when you were in Europe, you had a bunch of different vehicles when you were there, right? Yeah, I did. Now, the, the first one, <coughs> if I'm right, was... Uh, a big Ford, wasn't it? No. No? A big old Plymouth. A Plymouth. Yeah. This uh, American was heading back stateside, and he had this old Plymouth there, and and I think I got it for $200. So <laughs> it, like uh, a 50, one with the big fins on the back? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it run pretty nice, but I just needed something quick, you know, so we could get around. Yeah. Right away, I did something temporary till I decided what I was going to buy because all the, you could buy a brand new vehicle there for tax free, no taxes on it. So, like for instance, uh, a new uh, Beetle was $800, <laughs> you know, That's pretty cheap. And, and the station wagon uh, ones were 
well, more than that, but not that much more. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, when so you don't have to pay taxes, uh, they come very pretty cheap. Low price. Yeah. So you had the Plymouth for a little while, but it was pretty yeah. big for getting around in, in Germany, wasn't well, it? Well, I had uh, uh, some of the bearings went in the tranny. Mm. And uh, I had uh, this, this one supervisor of mine in Calgary had transferred to uh, Three Wings Rybrooken in Germany. And he knew I had got this car, and that was a car he always wanted. You know. It was a 57 Plymouth. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I told him I had this car, and he said, I'll buy that from you. He said he hadn't even seen it or anything. <laughs> no, he said, I'm going to buy it. So, uh, of course, he was a single guy, and he had all kinds of time to to work on the car, mm -hmm. and he redone everything himself. So he, by the time, and he brought it back home to Canada with him. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. but he must have spent, I bet you he spent two years working on that thing, redoing everything that had to be done to it. Weren't, didn't yeah. you have to chase down a transmission for that car, though? No, but that that was uh, my Ford. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that so, was the Ford. So you sold the Plymouth, and you bought the Ford next. Yeah. What, yeah. Was, now, that was a what? I bought that. Was no, that I had that Volkswagen in between. Oh, Station that wagon. one. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's called a, I think that's called a Type 2, technically. Yeah. And it's, it's a... It's a, a Volkswagen station wagon, square back is what they're called, That's right. right? Yeah. Now they're all ba based on the same platform as the Beetle, so they had the engine That's in right. the rear. That's right. Under yeah. the back deck. Yeah. But you still yeah. had you still had space on top of it. Oh yeah, yeah. And you had the front end as a trunk as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And that that car, I had about a a trailer from England. Oh. Yeah, got that shipped over. Like a tent had trailer, to, right? Had, no, no. This was a real, real lightweight trailer. And I had to go pick it up in Holland. Wow. I put my order in and picked it up in Holland. And that, we went right across Europe and all over with that thing, pull, pulling that, that really... Uh, it would, that trailer was built out of balsa wood, if you can imagine. Oh, really? Yeah, very, very light. You could pull the tongue, and yet it slept, it, it slept six, seven people. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Now, was a, there was three kids in that yeah. little camper, yeah. or that little car, plus towing that, and you went over, like, the Alps? The Alps, many times. Really? Yeah, up and down those Alps, not too fast, but... <laughs> Yeah, going through there, yeah, happy as old heck. <laughs> so why did why did you sell the station wagon? You bought the Ford, well, but why? Well, um, it was time for it to go. Worn out. Well, it, it, it was, yeah, but I still got pretty good money for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, you know, I did all the maintenance, all mm -hmm. the necessary maintenance on it and stuff. So it certainly wasn't a wreck by the time I went to seal to sell it. Yeah. So then the Ford came along, what, a Fairlane 500? Uh, yeah, 
Paralene 500, very good car. But then that one, the uh, differential went on it. Mm. Yeah. And it was howling, and I was getting it ready because uh, I had to start thinking that I was heading back to Canada. Mm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this American friend of mine that lived across the street, he was a colonel, and uh, I was telling him about about this differential business, and he said, well, he said, we have, uh, there's a factory in Holland, he said, and we get all our stuff, because they, the American Air Force had the same cars as staff cars. Oh, Identical okay. cars. Yeah. So they had all sorts of parts for the same car that I had. So this uh, American colonel said to me, well, he said, I'll tell you, take you in the helicopter and we'll fly to Holland <laughs> to the factory and pick one up. Holy smoke. So anyway, I get ready. We go down in the morning to the control tower to get this chopper. He was going to fly it himself. And here we get there, and there's a an alert, Uh-oh. all-out alert, Russians. Oh, boy. Yeah. During the night and stuff, and then all of a sudden we're in high alert, so we couldn't go. We couldn't. So then he said to me, but uh, never mind. He said, I'll I'll get it for you. So uh, he got one of his supply technicians to, he, they got hold of one and brought it and I got it. And uh, I took it over to the American PX and they put it in for me and that was, <laughs> no cost. No cost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me what it was like driving on the on the autobahn, because that was pretty new at that point, right? Well, yeah, it was a, it was quite an experience to start off with until you get used to it. You don't know what the heck is going to happen because <laughs> you're driving. You're you're. Most of the time, I was driving that Air Force, Air Force bus. So like a Volkswagen van. Van, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you could only travel so fast because there's no limit on the Autobahn. No. There was no limit on the... I guess I don't know about now whether... There's, uh, there's still parts of it that are limit-free. Yeah. Yeah, not everything, but some parts. And... You get on those autobahns, and my God, and if you, if you take too much time in that left lane to pass, you're 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 gonna get, you're gonna get a big Mercedes flashing the lights. Get the <laughs> hell out of my way, because that's the way it is. They start flashing their lights behind you, so over you go, you know, and uh, all the traffic. Yeah, it took a while to get used to that heavy traffic. It was uh, well. There was nothing like that in Saskatchewan at the time at no, all. No, even in Calgary, wasn't a big city when no, you'd left, right? No, no, it wasn't. No, 
So that was <laughs> something new again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was one story you told me once where you had to drive somebody awfully fast. Oh, yeah. It was uh, the 100th hundredth, hundredth year anniversary. They had put on a special, something special for all, for the four nations, uh, NATO thing. Mm -hmm. But the Canadians, they had to put this on and they had, they, they were all, they got all this clothing and stuff from the original clothing from Ottawa mm. and stuff. And the, the officers were all wearing this and everything. And they got an RCMP officer to come from Canada to attend these venues because Canada was celebrating its 100th anniversary. Mm -hmm. So they, yeah, they come to RCMP, and I had to take this RCMP to Paris. Paris? To Paris, yeah. To direct traffic. <laughs> We're showing Canada's colors, you know. Gotcha. And I have to take them to the Arc de Triomphe at rush hour to direct traffic. <laughs> if you can imagine, at rush hour. And uh, so they had a pedestal for him there to direct traffic. And the poor guy, I don't know how he managed to do it, but he was there for a good hour. It's a traffic circle that well, they just there's no end to the no. to the traffic and it's crazy know. in Paris. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. So anyway, that was over with. I took him back to Ramstein, and then come the day that he had to go back home to Canada, and of course somebody had missed the. You know, they, they couldn't get a flight for him. There was only flights on certain days, and they were from France. Mm -hmm. They were in France, and the, on the Canadian base in France. So uh, somebody had dropped the ball along the way and forgot that he has to get there. Right. And there's no time left, hardly, to get him there on time for that flight from the, from France to Canada, to come back to Canada to work. So anyway, they said to me, well, do you think you can take him? Well, I, I, the, the company, uh, uh, vehicle I have is, a, is, a, is one of those Volkswagen vans. Not very fast. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I said, well, I said, if I can take my car, I said, I'll, I'll take him there. <laughs> so now I've got, I've got at least a uh, three-hour drive. Wow. And, but I know all the shortcuts <laughs> once I get... <laughs> From the time I leave Ramstein base in Germany till I get to 
to France and to the base, uh, I knew the shortcuts, and I said, so I got, yeah, I got him in the car, and away we went, and he's hanging on. <laughs> he, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going through those. Uh, and he's, holy cow, he was sweating. And I said, <laughs> don't worry. I said, I'll get you there in one piece. <laughs> and he couldn't get over this, you know, how well I had done to get him <laughs> there on time. We just got there. We just got there, and they were ready to. He was the last one on. He made it on, uh, and they were made off. Made it on, and they were off. And I waited there to make sure. That Holy smoke! Go. Yeah, so, so that that was quite an experience. Which car did you own at that time? That Ford. That Ford. Yeah. So you flew yeah. in the Ford. Yeah, flew in the Ford is right. <laughs> so uh, you you left. Germany in what, 66 or 7, something like that? 66. 66. Yeah. So you sold that Ford. That was the last one you had there, right? Yeah. yeah. And came back to Canada. No, I, br I brought the Ford Did back you? with me. You yeah. brought it with yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I brought it back. That's what we, when we got to Trenton, we used that to come home with and I st on the way, I was coming to Saskatoon, but my home base was Yorkton. That's where I was transferred mm -hmm. to. And on the way past the base of Radar Base, I thought, well, I'm just going to pull in here and see what the place is like. So there was a set of railway tracks just before you got to the base. And I had a pretty heavy load on and it, my exhaust pipe caught oh. on one of the tracks just enough to break the ma manifold on one side. Oh, boy. And those manifolds were metal to metal, no gaskets. When they were installed, yeah. That's the way they were made. They were designed... Um, for no gaskets, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. So, so I had a hard time with that. I had a little bit of noise after that. <laughs> I bet. The eh? rest of the way, yeah. And, uh, but I managed to get that done in Saskatoon. One of my brother-in-laws, Andy, mm -hmm. Andy's Transport. Yep. He had a welder that could well everything and anything so I took it off and took it over to this German welder yep and he had that thing welded back up and it was just perfect put that back on no gasket and no and not a leak wow just like new again yeah. So you went to from basically from staying in in Germany through Canada to Yorkton. That's right. That's correct. And you had yeah. that Ford. Yeah. 
So what was the next car that came after that, or how long did you have that for? Sold it to my brother-in-law. Oh. Yeah, to Myro. Mm-hmm. And I bought his uh, fancy, what were they, galaxies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 66 Galaxy. Oh, really? Beautiful car. Yeah. So it went from the Fairlane to the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen pictures of that mm. or not. I'm not sure if I have, but I know what kind of car it is. That must have been something, yeah. hey? Yeah. It had that fancy hard top. Yep. On it. Yep. Yeah. It looks like a convertible, but it's not. Yeah. 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And a uh, very good vehicle, pulled a trailer with it. But unknown to me, uh, Myro had, had hit some rocks in a rock pile at one time. Mm. And uh, all of a sudden... I couldn't get enough power out of this vehicle. And uh, I was in York and I took it to the specialist shop and because uh, they were special technicians to, you know, because I couldn't get any more power. It was running good, but it wouldn't, hmm. uh, everything was okay, the rings and everything yep, else. Yep. And uh, so f finally, I, I had the thing up on the hoist at our auto club on the base, on the radar base. And I looked and I thought, now what, what the heck could have happened here? Because it sounded like there was a restriction oh. of some kind. Yeah. You know, when the exhaust builds up, there's so much pressure. And I see, I see a little dent in where both things come together, mm -hmm. and it goes to one, you know, it the comes y, down. The Y pipe. The Y, yeah. yeah. And right at the end of the Y, the end that sticks out like that before the muffler, I notice a dent in that. Hmm. So anyway, I checked with those those guys that I had it in the city of Yorkton there, mm -hmm. the technician. I said, "Would it be possible that there's there's two layers in that pipe, and maybe something hit that pipe and the inside mm -hmm. collapsed or something, and but the outside it just shows a little." And they said, well, there's a possibility. Really? Yeah. So anyway, I thought, I'm going to get a brand new. Yeah, the Y-pipe part. The Y-pipe. I'm going to get a brand new one. So I got a new one, took the old one off, and sure enough, that thing, the inside layer, the second layer of pipe, mm -hmm. was was shutting off and then the carbon had built up and it oh. was shutting off so the poor thing was 
just absolutely couldn't Pl- couldn't breathe. Yeah. 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 And once I got that new pipe on, then I was <laughs> okay, a hundred percent. Had to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yorkton eventually led to Saskatoon. Yeah. Right? To Dundurn. Yeah. You end up moving from Yorkton to Dundurn in what, about nineteen five remember my my dates right? Seventy two. Two? Yeah. Seventy two. Dundurn, but you moved to Saskatoon. Like you yeah. built a yeah. house on McCurcher Drive and yeah. moved to Saskatoon. Yeah. Yeah. First of May, nineteen seventy two. So that galaxy must have come with you at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I know there's a Buick after that again. But there's probably yeah, a, probably there's, there's, a few cars that you dabbled quite with. Quite a few that I yeah. Cuz I was buying them I go down to Toronto and throw them on the back of the load of trucks and and uh buy them at auction and then So you were buying and selling them. for a while there. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get to the to the Buick, I remember there was a, a a fix on a car that you had to you actually sent the repair information right back to was it Ford or Chev and they made a change, right? There, there was that was in in Europe with the with the Volkswagen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what was the problem? When when and and Ford well. I figured that out myself, but with the Volkswagen, they had the the fuel pump going through the through the center of the engine. Yeah, like coming up over the manifold up. Yeah, and the pump would sit in the center and just up and down, and the cam. The cam, you know, would push it up, push the yep. rod up to activate the pump. Yep, yep. And uh, so they they had a fiber collar sitting between the base of the the end, you know, the block, mm-hmm. <coughs> the where the this rod went through. Yep. And. Uh, the this fiber collar, the carbon would build up a little bit, you know, from inside the engine, mm-hmm. and then it w- it would seize, <laughs> go up, and and stay there, and wouldn't go down. Would it would tighten up? That hole was too small. Yep. And it would build up a little bit of stuff on the on the rod and on the. And then it, it it wouldn't let go. It held, go down, so the cam would bring up the the so right. the fuel wouldn't flow. So I had I was on the autobahn, and real hot, quiet day for some reason, mm-hmm. and I, because it quit on me. So I lifted up the thing and I. Looking at the engine, wondering, well, what the hell is wrong now? <laughs> so anyway, I hear a pop. Oh. Just like that. And I thought, uh-huh, I know what it is. 
And sure enough, that bump was right over top, and I got, I took that <coughs> once it, you know, I was able to drive it again. So it released, yeah. Yeah, I was able to drive it again until, but not for too long. So I drove it back home, mm-hmm. and that's when I took it apart, I took it off, and I made this fiber collar that they had sitting on top. I got the hole made enough, drilled out enough so that there was enough room in there that it wouldn't seize up anymore. Problem rectified. So I sent it in right to headquarters for Volkswagen. Really? And they sent me, oh, they sent me, uh, I could have uh, a tune-up done on my car. As a gift? As a gift, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. And they they told you they'd make that change? Yeah, yeah. To the new stuff they're producing? Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, you know, there's always particles of everything in an engine that, yeah, you know, it lays a, it creates a film. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if that those things are too tight in there, especially with that fiber, mm-hmm. you know. No room for it to move. Yeah. It gets yeah. clogged up. So there's a car that I remember, and I think it's a 77, I think it was, a Buick, a 77 Buick, and it was actually mom and dad's wedding car, that one. And you had that for a little while. Yeah. And then the first, the first car I remember as a little kid on McCurcher Drive in Saskatoon was the Cougar. Yeah, yeah, the Cougar. That was a pretty cool car. It was, yeah. It was rear-wheel drive, though, right? Yeah, yeah, rear-wheel drive, yeah. Colin was uh, Colin was selling them that time, and he got me a good deal, brand new. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good car. But that Buick, I'm trying to remember. It was a little uh, Buick Regal. Oh yeah, sort of a silver yeah. color. Yeah. But that's probably one of the ones that you that you kind of bought and sold and sold. things like that. Yeah. 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 If I'm not mistaken, was that the car? Now, now, you know, there was we're talking about the 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 Cougar, and that's about an 83. But the the one that's the most famous for me is the 81 Honda Civic. Oh, that's that's the that's the best car made in the world. <laughs> But that Buick, there was a story that you've told me before about one night on Recurcher Drive when a Corvette came around the corner and it came flying into the... Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, in the middle of the night, uh, our bedroom faced uh, the outside of the... McCurcher Drive, mm-hmm. you know, our bedroom window. And about one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, I hear this god-awful loud screech, bang, crash, boom, bang. 
woke me up. I jumped up, looked out the window, and there's there's a car that looks like it's in complete pieces <laughs> sitting there, and three bodies laying on the ground, and then there was more bodies laying on the ground, and I thought, is this a movie or is this a... And so I out the door. <laughs> Probably in your underwear still. <laughs> yeah. Out the door. I open the door and my neighbor opens his door at the same time. And we look at this and the steam is flying. And and I thought they were all dead. I I, I couldn't believe it. So I, I get on the blower. Mm-hmm. And my neighbor said that he had already phoned, so I got on the blower. Yep. And all of a sudden, the police came screeching from both sides down to this way. And and I, I, was, I was out there, and these people, I thought, are dead. And by the time, so by the time the cops got there, and I, I just couldn't. You know, I went back into the house and I'm waiting to see what's going to happen. Uh, and by the time then I open the, the door again, and the bodies are gone. <laughs> I thought, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> but they had been knocked out, that's all. And they were, they, you know, they were thrown from the car. Anyway. Yeah. But they they caught them. The police got them in the back lane. There they were all, you know, they couldn't go too far, but they're all drunk and everything else. So right. they were in like a Corvette or something like that, right? And it just kind of it was. Yeah, it was a vet. It was a vet, and yeah. they were fiberglass, <coughs> so yeah. it just disintegrated. Yeah, that's right. But they went what head first straight into the side of your Buick, wasn't it? Yeah, right to the side of my Buick. The Buick swung it, around. Uh, yeah, it swung around, and it hit, it hit my uh, Cougar. Oh, and it smashed the Honda too. It smashed the Honda. <coughs> no, the Cougar was gone. <coughs> Who was it? No, I think the Cougar hadn't happened yet. I think it uh, hit the hit the, the Buick. Buick. Yeah, yeah. It swung uh, around. Yeah. Smashed the back of the Honda. And then it hit. The neighbor's Honda next door. <laughs> Didn't it take out the light post? Yeah, yeah. And that went through the roof? Through through the neighbor's Honda roof. So it knocked out the light post, and the top of the light post went right f- top to bottom. Right through right through the top of the, and the floor. roof. Yeah. Punched yeah. a hole. Yeah, yeah. Holy smoke. Yeah. yeah. So your Buick was written off. <laughs> yeah. But you managed to convince SGI. I, I convinced SGI that my Honda had to be fixed. So they they repaired it. Yeah. And uh, it came out fairly good. But of course, when you, after, uh, after uh, damage to a car like that, you know, repairing it and stuff, it still leaves, uh, you know, it's not the same as before. Your paint mm-hmm. and stuff is not going to be as good, you know, as it was before. 
So, but anyway, it was still, it was still going quite <laughs> for, good. For a long time after that, because it was yeah. my car and then it was my sister's car in high school too. Now, yeah. there, I remember a story, uh, because you had, you'd retired from the Air Force in 1977, right? Yeah. Or 76, somewhere around there. And then started with SGI as a driver Correct. examiner, right? Yeah. And uh, there was one bad snowstorm. But you still made it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrible snow, snow. And uh, so I jumped in my Honda. There's a bus stuck right past my house on McCurcher. And there's buses stuck all over the place. Nobody, cars all over. Nobody can make it. So I thought, well, I got a Honda, so I'm sure I can make it work. <laughs> so I... Got around, went through, down past where that church was there, mm-hmm. and down around where Nicky lives, and yep. passed down and back, round running over top Boy of snowbanks, yeah. yeah, and then on finally got on the on the uh, McCurcher, and over the top and downtown I went, and I got there on time for work. Eight o'clock, and uh, so then I'm there all by myself. <laughs> Nobody else showed up. No, just me. Just you. So the boss phones, Gordy phones, about ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Oh, Teddy, you're at home. I thought you were at home. I said, No, I'm at work. Oh, well, the buses aren't running, nothing is running. So I said, well, I'm at work. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> and I said, I've got a, I've got a car that I, know, I made it down. <laughs> so it was a 1981 Honda Civic five-speed, like a three-door, five-speed, in a nice red color yeah, with a tan interior. Yeah. And you had that car for... I remember I remember sitting in that car as a kid in your garage, pretending yeah. to drive it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Playing with this shifter and uh, you know, pretending to steer and everything like that. Yeah. And uh, then you had that cougar at the same time. And then I think I remember that you swapped the cougar for a ninety four Pontiac Grand Prix. Yeah. Yeah. In a maroon color. Pontiac Grand Prix SE. It was kind of a cool car because it had one big wraparound headlight at the front. Yeah, that's right. One big yeah. solid light. Yeah. yeah. And those trumpet exhaust pipes at the back. Yeah. And a V6. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a hot little car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, quite a good vehicle. But right. it, it had an issue when you guys had, you got a, that was the very first years you could get command start, right? Remote starter. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't it get monkeyed up with that? Yeah. The thing started going wrong with it. and uh, I think I remember that there was a computer that got fried in the process. And you had to get a new one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, I just uh, drove out at that, uh, that place there on the, the west side and... Uh, that thing gave me more headaches. Than 
So I think it lasted for about four years because in 1998, you bought the car you still got today. Exactly. Yeah. Went back to Meidel Honda and bought a brand new 98 Accord LX. Correct. Yeah. White, the blue interior, and uh, the uh, VTEC four-cylinder. Mm-hmm. And we're at, what, 270,000 kilometers now? Something yeah. like that? Yeah. And, and still running like a new car. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very little work done. Done no. brakes and, you know, tires and the regular stuff. Yeah. And the only major repair we've had to do really now recently was a little bit of a subframe replacement because there was a tiny bit of rust, but that's that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Original engine and transmission and... Yeah. Don't burn any oil no. or anything. No, I'm, I'm very content with the car. I'm, uh, all I need is that, <laughs> is that Honda at my age. It's a pretty good car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a pretty They're darn very good, good car. Very good vehicle. Yeah. Well, Gramps, thanks for joining me for a podcast and talking about the cars you've had and all the experiences you had over the years. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me on. i uh very pleased that you decided to do this. Yeah. And thanks again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, I want to ask you this. Did you ever... Uh, did you ever actually get a license with it when you were when you were working at the with the government like with um in the air force did they actually make you take a test and get a license yeah we had no well yeah you had to be tested on everything you would checked out on yeah like all the heavy equipment and all the cranes and and everything else but uh my initial license in alberta and calgary all I did is walk down to the motor license issuer, mm-hmm. and I want to buy a license, please. <laughs> That's it. So, I got a license. <laughs> so probably 19, what, 48, 49, somewhere in there. Even if we call it 1950, that you were got your license. That's still having a license for. Well, 50, 60, 72 years at least. Yes, yeah. Right? Yeah. And you were yeah. driving since you were probably 10. Yeah, probably, yeah. So it's probably more like probably more like 80 years of driving. Yeah, pretty close to that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I, and I still hope I can still keep on driving for a while. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, like I said, thanks, Gramps, for coming on. I appreciate it a lot. Well, thank you very much. All right, and thanks for listening to Bald Tires, presented by Shield Coatings. Uh, We always try to bring you great stories about driving, about cars, and we'll continue to do so as much as we can. I'm Jay Thomas. Thanks for listening to Bald Tires, because when you make great memories, you make bald tires. Ball Tires, powered by Shield Coatings, is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, which is supported by Conexus. Does money spark joy in your life or cause you stress? If you said stress, you're not alone. For 42% of Canadians, their biggest stressor comes from money. At Conexus, they care about your financial well-being. 
Money doesn't have to be stressful, and Connexus is here to help. The Connexus hashtag Money Talk blog provides expert advice, tips, and solutions for all stages of life and events. Getting married, buying a house, budgeting, saving, they cover it all and more. And did I mention it's free? Check it out today at connexusmoneytalk.ca and start feeling confident and stress-free about your money. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is also supported by Direct West. Is marketing getting in the way of running your business? Direct West has a local expert team right here in Saskatchewan that will work with you to build your website exactly how you imagine it. Let them help you improve your online presence and head to directwest.com to learn more.